Smell my hands. I'm just so proud. I had to stop for gas, and I pumped it myself. It's part of a new kick I'm on. Which is what? I'm learning to be handy. I depend too much on other people, so I'm doing it myself. Ooh, feel that? Tell me that's not the start of a first-rate callus. I got my first work shirt this morning, and tonight I'm tackling the squeaky hasp on my cigar humidor. And that's from Fraser. And, of course, he's focusing on just minor things, you know, filling up your gas tank and the rest to try to be independent. Independent more fully means thinking for yourself and having the courage to act on your own independent judgment. And say someone says, let's go to a movie, you'll love this movie, and you don't like the movie, but you don't want to, and you say you don't want to hurt their feelings, but really you're feeling insecure yourself so you don't know how to assert yourself and that's lack of independence or you're dependent on other people um, for your income or you're dependent on other people to feel good about yourself you uh, falsely place your self-esteem in others you don't want to do that independence is a primary virtue for yourself that means it's some guidance to making choices in your life thinking for yourself acting thinking well for yourself not just you know seat of the pants thinking but uh, giving something that's important such as a relationship some thoughtful analysis and looking at it from different angles and figuring out where to go uh, with it is important for you now that being said I have to say that I once got stuck in the rain Ah, way before cell phones in a little I think it was a Fiat car at the time with a flat tire far away from any phone booths far away from any place it was pouring rain it's just me in my car and a flat tire and AAA wouldn't do me any good because I didn't have a phone to call them and I had never changed a tire in my life I didn't even know where it was located you know we take so much for granted and so I just put on my raincoat and in the pouring rain figured out where the tire was hidden in the car got these little cheap tools you know it was uh, a it wasn't an expensive car so I had to take something called lug nuts off and I I didn't they were probably put on my car with a, a heavy machine so I had to manually take them off and I worked and I pounded I used all my weight I'm not a big person I'm 110 pounds all my weight against those lug nuts I got that tire changed and I want to tell you or maybe I'll let you guess what emotion I felt after I changed that tire I felt like I could take on the world and it's not the tire per se but it was my attitude of I can handle this a crisis can happen in this case it's obviously a mini crisis but something can happen and I can manage in my life I can change tires I can accomplish other things now obviously I went back to school for a PhD so I did accomplish a lot but you want to nurture that attitude in yourself that I can do it attitude in whatever form that it shows up in your life if you're afraid um, uh, let's say that you're afraid of spiders you want to get an I can do it I can overcome this phobia if you're afraid of public speaking you want to get that feeling of I can do it you want to give yourself the gifts of focusing 
on any fears that you have that you think are not founded in reality. Obviously, we would all be afraid of um, a hitman, but a spider? I mean, unless it's a black widow spider, if it's just your garden variety garden spider, you want to get over fears like that. Again, I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. I'm a clinical psychologist. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. And here is the question about the guy who wants to ask a waitress out, but he knows that she has a boyfriend. Uh, you know, you, 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 I can feel for that because we've all been attracted to people and we know that they're taken in quotes. And how do you deal with that situation? Hello, Dr. Kenner. What insights can you offer regarding the decorum of pursuing a woman who has a boyfriend? I am getting to know a waitress at a restaurant I frequent on weekends, and I find her attractive enough to want to know her more intimately. But she has a boyfriend. My planned approach is to start talking to her about him and feel her out to see where she stands with him. Not a bad idea. If she's serious with him, such as on the verge of engagement, of course I won't bother. What exactly should I look for, this is his second question, as more subtle indicators that she may be ready to move on from him? Thank you, Larry. Larry, I am so glad that my husband pursued me, even when I had just broken up with a boyfriend but was on the verge of possibly going back with him or going back with another old boyfriend. I was in college at the time, and my ex-boyfriend had been a really nice person. But even though I was dating him, I knew we had philosophical differences. I knew we had them. He tended more towards the mystical stuff, and I wanted no mysticism in my life. So in the long run, it never would have worked out, and I am a much better match, a phenomenal match with my husband. So that's my way of saying, man, give that waitress her options. And you can give yourself options of letting her know that you're interested in her. In one sense, you have absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, you may be a little embarrassed. It may be an awkward moment. But I suspect if she's like most decent women, she will enjoy your open expression of admiration and attraction and interest in her, even if she's not, even if she doesn't reciprocate or even if she likes her boyfriend very much, thank you, and I'd uh, let you know that. Um, uh, the the next policy that I the next thing that I a piece of advice I want to give is that my husband dated a lot before we met. I did also, but he had this wonderful policy that helped him in the self esteem realm. He wasn't afraid of being rejected. He had a sentence that he said to himself: "Nothing ventured, nothing gained." That was it. So. When women rejected him, it was like, oh, well, you know, try that, and I'll, I'll ask another woman out. And so he was able to date many women over the years, and that really worked out well for both of us because it isn't like we got married out of high school and had never dated and didn't know what our options were. We know that we selected each other uh, from a range of options. We had met a lot of people and had done a lot of thinking, and we are each other's wonderful choice. So I think it's totally fine to approach the waitress and to say something along the lines. You'll find your own words, of course. I wish you weren't dating. Something, I don't know, let's give her a name. Mary, Mary, I wish you weren't dating. I'd love to take you out for coffee or lunch sometime so you can be waited on. I enjoy, I enjoy your company. I enjoy chatting. 
Now, I would not mention dinner right away because people, women sometimes feel some pressure for sex. You know, you take them out for dinner, you pay for a, you, you're there for a long time, you invest, oh, maybe $50 in steak and wine, and then it's just awkward. I think the beginning dates, just starting something with coffee and lunch are better. Or you could say something else. You could say something along the lines of, Mary, I know you're dating Joe, and I'm I'm really curious about your relationship because I want to get to know you better. And I don't want to interfere if you guys are happy together, but it may be hard to keep me away. Now, you got to say this with a smile, otherwise she'll think you're a stalker. Now, she may say, you know, um, you know Larry, I am happily dating. Or in private, however, in private, she may reconsider her relationship with her boyfriend. Maybe there are some problems like I had, and she would reconsider, and you may be on the top of the list. So I would say go for it. Now, you asked what are some subtle indicators that she may be ready to move on from the boyfriend? Well, one, if she talks about the boyfriend or if you see him come into the shop, and there are some negatives. You know, we all pick up immediately the emotional cues that we see with one another, and also watch her body language and her tone of voice with you. Um, does she seem interested? Does she Is she giving you a little bit of the flirtatiousness uh, that goes beyond just being a waitress? So um, we all know those subtle cues. And I think if you sat down and named them to yourself, you'd do fairly well. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. Oh, you do very well. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Sometimes partners feel that one or the other is being unfair, but often neither is intentionally trying to provoke or take advantage of the other. For example, Doug feels that Marcy is being unfair when she leaves clothes and boxes scattered all over the house. Doug is neat and organized, and due to his sense of order, he thinks she should just know better. He feels put upon as he picks up after her. Marcy has no idea that such behavior bothers him and resents that he is irritably intruding on her method of unpacking. Such perceived unfairness can be resolved with better communication. Partners should not keep an accounting ledger to make sure there's fairness. That's far too mechanical. Goodwill and a sense of fairness will often do the job. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.